Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. I'm Suzanne Today we have the honor of speaking with Dr. Christopher Cluet, appointed by then Commissioner Dr. Miguel A. Cardona, now Secretary of Education. Dr. Cluet joined the Connecticut State Department of Education last March as a special advisor to the Commissioner, dedicated to stakeholder engagement and supporting the success of school districts. As a superintendent of schools for the last two decades, he's led diverse urban, suburban, and rural districts throughout Connecticut and New York. He brings extensive knowledge of implementing innovative programs that enhance and emphasize student achievement, instructional core, and student voice. Dr. Cluet's international experience includes leading educational visits, research, professional learning in various other countries. He's fluent in Spanish and Portuguese and began his classroom career in Bridgeport Public Schools as an elementary and secondary educator, teaching bilingual, English as a second language in various subject areas. He's also served as an ESL instructor in the adult educational program and has been named and recognized as Connecticut's Multicultural Educator of the Year. He served as an adjunct professor at Columbia University, Teachers College, and UConn's School of Education. Let's listen in as he chats with co-producers Suzanne Lasser and me, Yerina Sancia. Welcome, Dr. Christopher Cluet, Special Advisor to the Commissioner. We're so excited to have you as our guest today. And of course, we also know you from another life. So it's so lovely to reconnect with you today. Well, thank you both for inviting me. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be on your program. And I know you're doing great work. And I appreciate being a small part of that. Oh, thank you so much. So I, we just wanted to start because we know you've done so much in, in your in your journey as an educator and as a leader. So from your vast experience, could you tell us about your international experiences, especially with innovative programs that you've seen? I've been very fortunate in my life to have been able to travel around the world. Uh, and that's something that, you know, uh, I was able to uh, take advantage of in the good sense of taking advantage of it, right? And it's opened a lot of doors for me. So I, you know, I was born in the Bronx, which I like to joke. And, and when I'm talking in front of audiences, I say it's a, it's a country adjacent to the United States with a lot of similarities. <laughs> right? but, yes. but in any event, um, I was raised in um, uh, Connecticut and then lived in Brazil as a teenager. So I lived in Brazil, which is, uh, and I lived in, it was interesting, I lived in a, a relatively speaking small town. And so there are lots of similarities between small towns in Brazil and small towns in lots of other um, Latin American countries, you know, the, the plaza, the church, the post office, the, you know, all of that stuff, you know, that you see in, in uh, you, you can see in, um, 
Guayama, Puerto Rico, or you can see in towns in Colombia, you, you certainly see in, in Brazil and, and, and many other places, right? So that was a great experience for me, both understanding that language to the point of this program is more than just a, a vocabulary list. It's a manner of thinking and, and understanding your world. You know, when we talk about in education, we like to talk about ways of knowing. Well, you know, ways of knowing are, are often mediated through the language we speak and think in. Or the languages we um, use, and so that was that was that was a way to open up my mind to that as a as a young person, and and then being young, of course, has some other advantages because your mind is more um, open to learning things, and you can learn how to speak without an accent, for instance, so things like that. Right. So so that was one thing. I um, then I did a lot of work with the international organization on 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 what are called different things in different countries, but they're private schools essentially. And they were primarily made for the sons and daughters of diplomats and, and corporate leaders, but not exclusively. So I've been to schools and done, done some work on looking at their programs and giving them accreditation. Basically it was an accreditation program. So I've been to Havana. I, I, did, I went to school in uh, Monterrey, Mexico, a couple of the schools in Costa Rica, also um, Botswana. And, and, and other places. And, it, and that also opens your mind to a lot of how people organize their thinking and, and what it means to become educated. I was able to uh, work for UNESCO as a consultant and do some training of principals in Brazil, um, which was much later circling back. And so, and then a lot of work in China, establishing relationships with schools in China and exchange programs. So it's been a, it's been a great opportunity for me. And I bring that back to my work wherever I am. So I certainly bring those experiences back to my work in the U.S. That's a, a great segue for what we want to also hear a little bit about is so your leadership role as the special advisor to the commissioner. In terms of language equity and the current climate in our country, how do you view the work that you do day in and day out? So it's a, it's a Connecticut, interest, interestingly enough, we are part of the Comprehensive Center Region 2. So there's a, the federal government funds a, what they call the Comp, Comp Center, the Comprehensive Center Region 2. And Region 2 in the United States is made up of Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New York, an, an odd mix of states, right? And so Connecticut sort of sits in between Angelica Infante on the one hand, who you know well, and now she's the commissioner in Rhode Island, right? And does some great work on emergent um, bilingual or multi-language learners, as as you would say, Um, the great work that you're doing in New York. And then Connecticut's sort of in between. We we have some good, a decent track record, but there's there's a lot... um, there's a lot more work to do. Connecticut, like many places in the United States, is um, rather segregated. And so oftentimes you find that uh, children who are speaking um, languages other than English at home are uh, living in, in our urban centers in Connecticut. And, and you may know that I used to, I, I started my work as an educator working as a bilingual teacher at the uh, uh, Escuela Multicultural in Bridgeport, where I was a Portuguese, uh, Portuguese bilingual because of having lived in Brazil and because at that time the Portuguese, the remains of the Portuguese empire in Africa, the the Lusophone um, part of their empire um, in many African countries was falling apart. And so suddenly there was this rush of people coming out of Angola, Mozambique, which is sadly in the news these days, coming to the U.S. and and they didn't have any infrastructure for that. So so they kind of brought me on board to be one of the the team members. So I I just think that Connecticut um, is still working on equity. Um, There's an understanding on the part of most people in leadership um, 
that that uh, that all languages have value, and that um, parents um, that don't speak English have value, and that they can work with their children in the language that they speak. I still have, sadly, uh, some superintendents that will say things in a scolding manner. Well, why why aren't they why aren't the parents teaching them how to speak English at home? <laughs> because that's not their language. They speak a different language, and 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 um, and that's okay. And we can you know, and so that's still a, that's still a, a challenge for all of us. Yeah, which reminds me and probably Irina of an episode we did earlier on where we said the question is, you know, instead of saying, why do you, why don't you speak English? It's like, why do you only speak English? Right, exactly. And as you said, um, not just Connecticut, right? We have a lot of work to still do in this country in terms sure. of bilingualism. And I think um, one of the silver linings of this new administration would be the appointment of Dr. Cardona. And yes. so would you like to share anything about, you know, sure. your feelings on the appointment uh, to his becoming the Secretary of Education at this well, point? It's been a great honor for me to work alongside uh, Dr. Cardona. He's he's a very genuine person. He's a, he's a very thoughtful leader, but he, he truly cares about the well-being of children and communities. And he lives that. He, he was born in Connecticut. His parents had come from Puerto Rico, and he was uh, raised in a in a bilingual household, Spanish dominant um, household, and went to public school in Meriden, Connecticut, and uh, and had thought of himself uh, as as someone who was on a vocational track. He went to a vocational high school, and was um, getting ready to study automotive, uh, you know, automotive um, to become a to work in that industry. And somehow, yeah. right in that moment, and this this is a great American story. So this is part of the positive parts of the U.S., right? That he was able to change his mind. And he, he graduated from that high school and decided he wanted to be an art teacher and got on a college track and, and went to college and got certified to be a teacher and later became a principal, et cetera. But um, great person, um, very thoughtful about uh, the struggles that kids face. Um, you know, and Meriden is also a, an urban, kind of an old fashioned New England urban center that had seen some of its better days in the manufacturing era past. So, you know, a lot of poverty there, a lot of issues. And uh, he, uh, he, he comes from that. Um, and he says that, I'm, I'm speaking the way he says it. I mean, he, he's a very compelling storyteller, by the way. We're, but he's a, he's, he's a great leader and we're, we're going to be well served by him as a country. We are so excited by that. And thank you for sharing that, that view and that story. Like, like you said, what a beautiful, true Amer you know, the American dream come to fruition, right? Um, nothing yeah. wrong with automotive, but my goodness, the right. shifts and the changes that he can cause, you know, for the good of education and the good of children. How wonderful. Absolutely. And, and I know that you're familiar with his um, uh, catchphrase now. Um, um, he, he's, a, he's as American as apple pie and um, rice and beans, right? I love that catchphrase, yes. Right? Right, right. right. Yep. And so, you know, um, our hashtag is uh, speak your beauty. And we love to ask our guests, how do they speak their beauty? I know you have many gifts, so this could be a challenging question for you to answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, there, uh, it's, it's to the extent that, um, you know, thinking of uh, Maslow's hierarchy, right? Um, to the extent that we can gather in our lives, the different pieces of our lives, whether it's 
you know, music and the people we love and, and nature and, and community, all of those things, bringing them together in a way that's um, somehow um, satisfying um, is, is something that uh, is a way I try and speak my beauty. And, and I guess I would say I, I try and speak it through action. Um, I've recently become involved with Braver Angels. So Braver Angels is an organization that attempts to bring together people of different political persuasions into civil discourse. Um, and so I'm trying to use my skills as someone who's been in lots of rooms with lots of people that are upset and angry and try to bring people together. And so I'm doing that. Um, you know, my, my wife and I are leading a, a book group at our, at our, our Unitarian church. On stamp, we're using the book Stamped, the one that was um, the remix by Jason Reynolds, which is a great, very accessible for adults. And then we think we can work with children to um, explore race and racism in the United States through that text. So those are like things that, you know, we can do, um, you know, I, I'm very much involved in my community. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the co-chair of the Alewife Cove Conservancy. All, all of these are completely um, volunteer things, of course, right? But, um, but trying to, you know, do something locally, you know, not just talking about the climate as a, as a, as an existential global phenomenon, but also what, what can we do right here in our, in our backyard, so to speak. Well, we certainly appreciate you, Dr. Cluet, for everything that you've done, for your experience. I hope that there's a book in the making in your life. I mean, yeah. you certainly could write about many, many things and just your life story is amazing. But where in the day? His days sound so packed already, right? Yeah, I know. I'm thinking, wow, what time does he get up? What time does he go to sleep? <laughs> We're just so honored to have you. And we appreciate that you're a hands-on leader, that, you know, you have so much um, responsibility in your workplace, but, but you still find ways to give back to your community. You do it with your wife. So, you know, I'm sure that you're a very dynamic team together. And so we appreciate everything that you do. Well, thank you both for this good work that you're doing and all the work you do that um, impacts children all, every day and all the work that you do to move the the important issues of education and how they're going to affect our country in the future um, moving them forward. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, we thank Dr. Christopher Cluet for being here with us today. As we close our conversation with Dr. Cluet, we are struck with his diverse experience, his vast lens, his leadership enthusiasm, his commitment to students and families, and to excellence of education for all. As he said, all parents have value. All languages have value. We must champion the cause until there is nothing more to do. We must see our gifts in multidimensional ways. And yes, we must continue to speak our beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us, 